Okay, so I just woke up from a vision. And this vision, I feel like it's another one of those visions where Satan is using me. Um, Like I said, it's a consistency in these visions that Satan is in. Well, where Satan is using my family to uh, hurt me, hurt my heart. Like I said before, I believe that in these visions... Excuse me, I believe that that Satan or these witches, they are playing with my heart. Like, whatever witchcraft or sorcery they're using, they're playing with my heart. And that's what I'm fighting back for. Like, I have to always stay in God's presence because I've given God my body. I've given God my entire life. (gasps) Excuse me. That was, I believe, something that was done on the day of the deliverance. I gave God my entire life. I gave him my life, my body, my everything. Because I had to. Not because I had to, but you know, I had to. It was part of the process. I'm so grateful for that, you know. But why I feel that that was important to happen, that needed, why it needed to happen was because these witches, they're trying to steal my body. They're trying to steal my life. They're trying to steal my soul, my everything. So I had to give everything to God. And so now, ever since that point, I've had to work very hard to stay in the presence of God at all times. I have to keep my mind there. I have to keep my heart there. I have to keep my body there, my soul there, everything with God at all times otherwise they'll be able to play over my life because excuse me when it's not there it is in in the demon realm and they play over me but I realized this from Apostle Michelle Peterson. She speaks about a lot of different experiences she's had with God, which are very similar to a lot of experiences I'm having. I believe that God placed her in my path, on my timeline. He places a, He's placed a few people in my life, on my timeline, throughout the years, but most recently... Um, and I believe it's all in his timing because I had asked for, you know, I had asked for him to play somebody like her on my timeline or in my path to learn from, to hear her testimony, to, you know, research. I had asked that like in the beginning when all of this first started happening and I had asked it for so long. I really, really wanted it for so long. But God wasn't, you know, he wasn't responding that way. He wasn't saying that, like, he wasn't giving me that. But he didn't say no. He didn't say, I can't go and find these things. I can't go and search. And, you know, if I do enough searching and I dedicate myself enough that I can't find the right individuals and then seek his, you know, 
his guidance on who is the who is the right individuals to actually like who has a spirit of God that I can listen to, I can learn from. But he didn't place him in my path like God does when he wants me to know something. Like over the years, I've always been somebody who loved knowledge. I love learning. But God, he just when it's when he feel like it's time for me to know information or when he wants to educate me on things, he places things in my path that I otherwise wouldn't have even known to even look up or look for. And I wouldn't have known how to find it. Like he's, you know, educating me. And I realized that's intentional. That's intentional because it's all process and it's all part of his plan. His divine plan to get me to where I need to be when I need to be there. And I realized like, Excuse me, I realized that a lot of this stuff that he's showing me over the years, it's all coming into play in my in this, you know, personal battle in my life. This battle for my life, my family's lives. And I just remember God placing on my time God just told me to ask to just he just put on my heart, where do black people come from? Where do we come from? I've always wanted to know that since I was a child. And I've always known after being taught in school and public schools that, you know, our history doesn't start with slavery. Our history doesn't start as slaves here. And it says we come from Africa, but it's more complex than that. Like we've been a, we've been around a long time before they came and picked us up on Africa. So they don't know our real history. Where do we come from? We don't know our real history because we, you know, were whitewashed when we got here. And God put it on my heart to look that up. So one day I really wanted to get to the bottom of it. And I knew that YouTube has like so much unlimited information. So many people, scholars, all type of, you know, different individuals in this world who've who are able to get this education, do the research, travel, and then they offer this information for free. This is why YouTube is such a gem. But I looked it up and I found this video that talked about who we really are. And it went deep into what every other race is and how every other race originated from us. How we actually found America way before Christopher Columbus did. We were travelers. We, we even found Asia and we, we contributed to, we taught Asians how to harvest and plant rice. We actually taught them that and how there was, it goes really, it goes so far back that there was a warrior, um, a black Chinese warrior. He was black, but he was also Chinese. And then you know, we brought Asians to America and we mixed with Asians and we made Native Americans and then mixed again. And then the white people came and they started killing off 
the Native Americans that look more black because they would come and mix with the Native Americans we made and then they made more Native Americans and they would kill off the Native Americans that look more black because they wanted the more light-skinned ones that looked more like them. And then we made also, we also made Mexicans and we made every other race that you see here today. It, we all, it all started from black people. And so that's where I found out like where we really did come from. We, we just got, we come from God. God, God, Adam and Eve was black. We were the first people on here on earth. So when I found that stuff out, I realized like, you know, it's more to it. It's, it's deeper information and I want to know it all. And then, but God, I could feel that God, you know, he placed patience in my heart. So I could be patient about all this information coming to pass in my lifetime because I knew that I would, you know, I knew I would learn these things. Like I had such a hunger for these things. There's no way that I would, I would, I wouldn't learn these things in my lifetime. These are things that I want. This is stuff that I want in my heart. I'm going to get these things. So God knows my heart's desires. He knows that I want to know where we come from. He knows that I want to, you know, I want to be who it is I'm destined to be. I want to be who it is that he knows that I am. And I know that he knows the truth. God knows the truth. Even when everybody around us in this world is so confused because the information is twisted, it's lied, excuse me, they lie. And it's we're just misinformed. And we don't all come from Africa. But sort of, kind of, yeah, because Africa is right there off the coast of Israel and we all come from Israel. So I won't say off the coast, but like it's right there next to Israel, right underneath. But all I know is God just started showing me that, you know, who we are. He just started showing me who we are and started preparing me and then that's when I was reading and I was studying the Bible and he was showing me you know different passages in the Bible and who we are in the Bible and at this time I wasn't completely ruling out that white people you know had existed in the Bible I was not completely ruling that out and I wasn't completely ruling out ruling out that, you know, there there were that that the Bible can be white people's history, too. But I know that that is not true now. For many reasons. But I did know that the Israelites, because after the information he had revealed to me, the Israelites that are spoken about in the Bible are the black people. I knew that, but I didn't know it. It's like, I feel that this is true. I know that this is true. I've heard this, but I don't like, I don't have confirmation. I want confirmation. I want, you know, I don't know if I wanted more evidence because it's like, I had all this evidence. So I know what I'll believe, but you know, is there any way possible that that can be confirmed? so that no one else could ever come by and, you know, have any type of support and evidence or anything like that to truly make me doubt that. And God knew that that time was coming for me. And he had shown me, you know, 
the vision I spoke about where I was on the podium leading leading nations, leading our nation, the holy nation that leads nations. In the Bible, it says that the true Israelites, we are, the, we are God's chosen people. We are the chosen nation. And we shall lead the rest of the nations only when we are keeping our promise to God and being obedient, though. Do, will we ever know who we are and be able to stand in our purpose and lead these nations and be powerful, the powerful people that we're born to be? We have to submit our authority to God. And I feel that that is like the simplest request it, I mean, it's, it may not be as simple as it seems, you know, it's, it might be a little easier than it looks. I mean, it's not as easy as it looks, excuse me, but overall, I didn't feel like God was asking for too much for such a big blessing, for such a big role that we would play in this world to lead the the entire rest of the world if we allowed him to lead us simple but yet complicated because of course we are saturated with sin all over the world a lot of us don't know who we are a lot of us are fighting who we are a lot of us need to be waking up and it needs to be revealed who we are so around this time god was showing me just He was showing me us, what we're supposed to look like, how we are supposed to dress, how we are supposed to behave. We were, we are supposed to be kings and queens. We are really supposed to be totally different. You look at the world now and God had given me the sight. And Tupac talked about this. He gave, God gave Tupac the sight too. He educated a lot of people and it's, it's really sad that, you know, a lot of people will believe that out of Tupac's mouth, but won't believe it out of God's mouth from God's from God's word. But they'll believe it when Tupac says it. So, like I said before, you know, though Tupac may not have walked in his purpose of becoming a preacher like he was supposed to, like God said, God called him to do, excuse me. He still did, you know spread knowledge he did wake people up and he did contribute to you know helping the black community and he did he did he he showed promise and i think that that's probably the saddest part about you know tupac choosing the route that he chose and i don't want to say that boldly like that because also it feels like it's been revealed to me that he didn't necessarily have a choice tupac also talks about there's always a choice he didn't necessarily have one because the the he talks about the Illuminati and how you can't tell them no. How you can't tell them no. But he still had a choice because he chose to pursue his dreams in a way that he did. He wanted to be a rapper. He wanted to be on TV. He wanted to be famous. But if he had just walked away from all of that and become a preacher, no matter how lowly, no matter how, no matter how local or small, I'm sure God would have used him in such a major way, but he still did anyways, because God, you know, God's will is God's will. That being said, Tupac talked about how, you know, we as black people, we are supposed to be kings and queens, emperors, empresses, and how he, God had given him the sight to see us that way. And he felt cursed 
because he sees how we're supposed to look and then he looks around and he sees us killing each other and you know mur- like just murder rape all this other stuff that we're not supposed to be doing and we're we're just not woke we are we're not who we're supposed to be and it's a curse to see it that way god had given me the sight to see this as well and of course in the same way i'm faced with a choice I can go another route. Excuse me. And have anything I want in this world or I can answer God's calling and have anything I want in heaven. Anything I want in eternity. Anything I want in God. And I am choosing that. But I want to be very clear. This is why I said it's complicated when to say that Tupac had a choice because just as, you know, Tupac said the Illuminati does not take no for an answer. That's just as what it feels like I'm dealing with now. Like, I want, I'm choosing God. I want more than anything to go God's way. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to be called and walk in my purpose in God it's just the demands the, what is demanding of me you know I have to fight the world Tupac had so many albums that him against the world and I know what he feels I know what that feels like for real now when he used to say that when I used to see those albums when I was younger I thought to myself like it was a of course like it was it was political for him and it was like his mindset, of course, but I just didn't see it on a such deep, on, on such a deep level that I see it now. Like I thought that that might have been just like his motto or just like, you know, like I said, his perspective on the world, and that's what he's a legend for. But in reality, that's what it feels like. And then there's the 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 album cover of Tupac being cross, crucified on the cross, like Jesus, and. That's ex- it's like it's so many it's so many different things that I see in Tupac's journey and things that's been revealed to him that's very similar to what God is taking you through right now. And he even said like I may not be the chosen one. I may not be the one who changes the world, but I guarantee I spark the mind that changes the world. I guarantee that like he believes that he will be he will spark the mind of the of the one who changes this world. And I've had experiences where I, sw- I swore and I was Tupac talking to me saying, it's you. It's you. And God confirmed me, yes, it is her. It is her. And then even I remember a conversation uh, God had with Tupac, like, around me. Um, him just kind of saying he don't really, he doesn't really like me. <laughs> and it was interesting because, you know, for him to want to live to see, you know, the chosen one who was going to actually do all the things he said, he doesn't even like me. It's ironic. But at the same time, understanding like what he meant, like he said he didn't like me because he felt that I wasn't, I didn't work hard enough. I didn't take it serious enough. I wasn't 
dedicated enough. I don't want to say dedicated enough, but I just wasn't, you know, like he feels I'm lazy. He feels like I'm lazy. But um, I guess, you know, for lack of better terms, because overall, I realized like none of this stuff is really true about me. Like I work hard. I, I work hard enough. I may not work hard enough yet or maybe I could be working harder. I'm going like I'm I'm that person. I am. I am her. Like God can depend on me. You know, he chose me. He'll make mistakes. And I am dedicated. I'm 100% dedicated. I want this more than anything in the world. I really do. Though I slip up and I make mistakes, like, I'm not perfect. It's like he's not perfect. But that being said, you know, I don't want to keep going over that. But he said, you know, he didn't like me. And I, I, I was trying to kind of figure out, why doesn't anybody really like me? I don't get that. Like, I don't understand it. Like, but acknowledge the light that he saw inside of me. And the acknowledge that I, you know, that I am favored and truly chosen by God. Acknowledge that for what that was, though. And I think I heard, I believe it was God saying, you don't like her because you're jealous of her because you thought it was going to be you. And... Him just like, yeah, acknowledging that. But that hurts me, of course, because, you know, it's not that I need to be liked. It's not that I need to be liked. It's just how hurtful, how hurtful it is when you realize, like, you, it's, there's so many great things about you. There's so many you know, likable things about you, so many lovable things about you, and people choose not to like you because they're jealous of you. That's frustrating, you know? It's just... Like, I'm a great individual, and I want I want everybody to win. I want everybody to win. And for you not to like me because I'm, cause you're jealous, because you're not me, I, I can never be the type of person to, you know get happy about that and feel good and feel like oh my gosh you know all these people so jealous of me I'm really that no that's not a confirmation for me that that breaks my heart it really does it always will I don't know if that will ever change I don't want to say it will always break my heart but I don't know if that will ever change that it that I will always like not like that I won't say not like it but just feel like it could be different like don't dislike me because of jealousy. Don't let Satan use you. Like, God has chosen me. And if anybody don't like me, it's because they got Satan in them. Satan is so jealous of who God is making me to be. Satan is so jealous of the calling on my life that he has everybody around me jealous. He has everybody around me hateful. He has everybody around me malice and with evil. And so I don't feel like it's you. It's not you. Don't let Satan use you. Satan is so jealous. He hates me so much. He got the world hating me. So that's the sad part about it. But to be an enemy of the world is a friend of God. To be a friend of God is the enemy of the world. To be an enemy of the world. I said that twice. To be a friend of the world is to be an enemy of God. Excuse me. That being said, I say all that to say. I feel that this is coming into play. 
Excuse me. I feel that this has come into play because it's amazing how you know this stuff in your heart. It's amazing how you know this stuff already. You know this stuff spiritually already. And then when God confirms it, why is like, I'm, I don't know. I won't speak for myself. It's like, it's a shock still, but it's not a shock. Cause it's like, I knew that, but you confirming it. It's like, thank you, God. And for me, you know, I just feel like when God confirms these things, it's such a blessing because it feels like what it is, is he's unveiling our, my mind. He's giving me sight to see because it's not that I didn't know that already. It's just that I have a veil over my heart and my mind that's making me doubt everything I know. And we're that spiritual. We're that connected that we know all this stuff already. We know who God is. We know what he looks like. We know that he's real. We know that he sits in the throne in heaven. We know who Jesus is. We know what he looks like. We know that he's real. He sits in the throne in heaven. We know that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of all of our sins. We know that we are the true Israelites. We know who the true Israelites are. Everybody in this world. We know all this stuff. And we actually act accordingly in our daily lives. But we still don't. Because we wonder why as black people we are crucified just like Christ. We wonder why as black people we are just like so many people want to want to kill us. They are. It seems like there's, you know, it's just like it's so hard to be black and it's and we're crucified. Like I said, we're crucified. We wonder why. That's because everybody knows who we are. Everybody knows who we are. They are very, very jealous, very jealous of who we are. But we don't know who we are, though we know who we are. And I've, I can't even count how many times I hear black people saying, why do we always get treated differently, um, put below everybody else while everybody else just does everything that we do? We set the trends. We do this. We do that. Even Tupac said it. And the thing is, the reason why is because just like in the Bible, in Isaiah, it speaks about the curse and the curses on all of us on on excuse me the true israelites the curse he put on us because of disobedience and not keeping our promise to him we're placed below everybody else we're in a land unknown to ourselves and we don't know who we are we've forgotten who we are and we have a veil of our minds and our hearts and that's because we're disobedient to god we cannot keep our promise so that's the curse. God kept his promise. We didn't keep ours. And until we keep our promise to God, we're always we're always going to be lost. This is always going to happen. But like I said in a previous episode, it's a cycle. Because, because God kept his promise and we didn't keep ours, we are cursed. And because we're cursed, we can't keep our promise. And because we didn't keep our we're not keeping our promise, we're cursed. And it's a cycle and it's going to keep going round and round and round. But that's for God to decide that he forgives us. He does forgive us, but that's for him to give us a second chance to rebirth this covenant, this covenant in, within ourselves. And this time, we won't break the promise. This time, we'll be awake. I've seen us. You know, I, I kind of don't understand how it was even possible to break the promise if we were ever in that state to begin with. Because, you know... In consulting with God, you're you're made to see. You have like your heart, your mind. It's it's stabilized. You're complete. You are 
different, 100% different. There's no doubt in your mind who God is. Satan cannot use you. You know, I won't say he can't use you anymore because obviously he was he was able to, to be quite honest. When we worship false gods and we broke our promise to God, he used us. He was using us. But God made it very clear in the Bible, you know, and it feels like he's saying right now. It's not always Satan. It's not always Satan. As humans, we have a tendency to sin. We're born in sin. So a lot of times it is us. And in the Bible, it says that we were high-minded and haughty and worship false gods. And so to me, that sounds like we got full of ourselves. Being the holy nation, being the nation directly connected to God that God had chosen, being the chosen nation. We got full of ourselves. We felt that we could do it without him. We thought that it was on our own power, by our own accord. And that's the issue. That's what happens because it's not without him. We can't do this without him. And that's what the curse is about, a reminder of that. Look at how we are now. Look at what we're doing now. Look at how we treat each other we're killing each other we don't care for each other in the bible it says that to shed your brother's blood it should feel like shedding your own and today we go and kill each other we go and murder each other we go and fight and we don't understand what that really would be like if we were awake if you were awake to stab your brother you feel stabbed literally because it's spiritual it's spiritual and I bet you if every single time you did something to hurt someone else, it hurts you the same way at the same time immediately, you stop hurting people. Because you wouldn't hurt yourself like that. But the Bible, it, talk, it, talks all about, it talks all about it in the Bible. So the Bible is black history. That's what I'm pretty much getting around to saying. Overall, you know, I remember when God was revealing these different things to me and showing me who we are and then gave me the sight to see how we were supposed to be. And I would look around and I was praying to God and I was, you know, growing in my, you know, growing in my faith in God. And I didn't feel like I was ever going to be anything or anybody. I was just happy to know, just happy to get the truth in my life. You don't know. You don't understand how fulfilling that is. Well, maybe you do, but. I want everybody to be fulfilled in that way. And especially my people, because we're always so lost. We're always so hurt and so broken up about how we don't know who we are. That's why, because who we are is in God. He knows who we are. Without him, we will never know who we are because we won't ever be that. We are not who we are without him. So... After being given the sight to see how we look, my heart was just broken daily. Every time I would go out, I wouldn't even go out much, but every time I would go out into this world and I would look around and I would see everybody, even though the Bible says, clear the plank out of your own eyes so that you can see to get the speck out of your brothers. You know, yet still, God didn't give me that sight to see for no reason. He put it on my heart for a reason. It's not that I was judging my brothers and sisters. It's just that I was being able, I was being made to see. And I start seeing, you know, how we look. It wasn't that anybody had to do anything. Like somebody could just be walking down the street, not even doing anything hurt or harm anybody. But we still look completely different than we're supposed to. We don't stand how we're supposed to. We don't walk 
with confidence in God like we're supposed to. We don't, we just don't have it like we're supposed to. We look blind. We look lost. We look like our hearts are covered and hardened. We look like it. We're completely lost. Two totally different individuals, but it's, if you look at it and you pay attention, it completely fulfills scripture. Completely fulfills scripture. So, after being made to see, I remember just crying and begging God. Just crying and begging God to, excuse me, to just give us another chance. I said, God, please just give us another chance. Please, please, please just give us another chance. Like, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I am sad. Like, I'm heartbroken. And I know that we're wrong. I know that we, you know, full of ourselves. We want to be able to do it on our own. A lot of us us want to do it without you. But God... Give us another opportunity. Like, I know I spoke for myself, but I also spoke for anybody else who would agree with me. That we are not the Israelites who broke that promise. We are not them. And we can keep that promise if you just give us another opportunity. Because I realized, like, we're stuck in this cycle. Until God decides to give us another chance, we're never going to be able to, you know, break this curse off of us and... Um, keep our promise to him he has to break it off of us first and then we have to keep our promise but he has to give us another chance to do that first and so I'm just begging him to do that because only he has the power to change what's been done and we can't do it on our own so as I'm begging God for this he's saying you know you, you know people are not much different today than they are than they were then in a way saying that, you know, we didn't keep our promise. And yes, I am holding against the people today. I'm holding it against you. I'm holding against you all. But not in a way like holding against us because I wanna I wanna be clear that God is merciful. He's loving. He loves us. So he will give us another chance, but he's being honest about what he knows. He knows he's God. He's saying I'm not so sure that you all would be much different or handle things much differently than they did. And I, of course, at the time had no clue or no idea, you know, really what that consisted of and how true that was. But God knows everything. And I would, you know, pray and ask for another chance. And he would say he never said that he would, but he said that he had something like it it just seems like. God was insinuating that he might, that he, that he, he'd be willing to, and that he just had to get over it, you know, get past the betrayal of us not keeping our promise. And I remember one day just saying, I can't believe this is going to happen in my lifetime. And so I believe that that has a lot to do with that. I do believe it has a lot to do with that. And now I see what God is doing in my life. Back then I had no clue. And he told me that I was going to do all these things in my lifetime because I'm a phenomenal woman. And I couldn't have ever, you know, saw myself ever getting to that point or being able to do something like that. But it's not me. It's all by God's power alone. And he told me not to worry about how it's going to get done because it's all by his power. 
if you saw who I was and who we are, still are and was around that time, compared to who he was showing me that he was going to turn us into and transform us into, you would say, you know, who believe who's ever going to believe that's going to happen? Like, I don't want to say it like I didn't believe it, but it just is so unbelievable. But, you know, after all of that, now, fast forward to now, he's actually doing that. He's actually doing it in my life, doing it in our lives, doing it like he said he would. And like, it's unbelievable. Like I said, like he said, don't worry about the how I could have never, ever truly guessed. Even if I did worry about it, this would have been so much more than I could have ever handled. And I'm seeing everything. In the Bible, it says when Jesus comes back, every eye will see. Every eye will see, every ear shall hear and see him descending from the clouds. And everyone who's ever existed, who's ever lived on this earth, planet, period, will be rose will rise up which is why i'm having conversation with tupac who's died over before i was born he died 25 years ago almost 26 and that's before i was born i'm having actual conversations with him this is what that is. And I'm, I, I hate to sound like I'm still glorifying his name. I want to be very careful because God is very, you know, upset about the idolization of Tupac, you know. And it's why he's in hell, you know. And it sounds messed up, but yeah, that's why. And because he, he walked away from his calling. But all I know is, you know, I see that. I'm being faced with a lot of the same choices that Tupac faced. And Jesus, in the Bible, it says that Jesus, he was taken up on a mountain by Satan. He was tempted three times. Satan said, give up everything that it is that you're doing and worship me. You can have anything and everything in this world. Not give up everything, but worship me. You can have anything and everything in this world. I'll have all this, everything you see bowing to you. If you just worship me and Jesus said, for it is written, we sh I shall worship my God and my God only the Lord, my God and the Lord, my God only. And he did that right before, right after he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. And right before he was crucified on the cross for the forgiveness of all of our sins. So that tells me that in choosing God, I may never be chosen here. I may always be rejected. Matter of fact, I most definitely will always be rejected and persecuted. I will never have, you know, excuse me, the things I want to have here. I may have to look like I may have to be homeless. I may have to starve. I may have to have everybody against me, nobody caring about me for the rest of my life, for the rest of my days here. And that's what's required for by choosing God. I have to be crucified just like Christ. And I, that's the, you know, the reference from Tupac's album picture, even though that's also, it was blasphemous in a way. But that's the reference, or it can't be seen as blasphemous in a way. I don't see it that way, but that was a reference that he was he was referring to in his album picture of him being crucified on the cross. 
because Jesus, God, he he called him to be crucified just like Christ. But he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it because he chose this world when Satan tempted him. And I'm not saying it's easy. It is not easy. I'm going through this right now. It is very hard. You know, you lose everything. And everybody is against you. And everybody, you know, gets to continuously step on you and exert power over you and brutalize you. And you're tortured by Satan every single day, all day. Never being, never getting a break. And it's a very, 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 very hard position to be in because he exhausts you of any and everything you would otherwise have. And everyone around you is you can't trust anybody. You're not safe around anybody. But as long as you're choosing God, you're safe anywhere and everywhere. You just don't have anything forever. And that can kill your ego. It's an ego killer. And I believe that he battled with killing his ego. Now... There were a few things I noticed about his demeanor and his and his characteristics like his personality. He was more of a take. Not I want to say take. He said he was a taker, but I don't feel like that's necessarily true. He got he had a harder goal. I feel that he but he more he really didn't like being stepped on. He didn't like people being able to disrespect him. He didn't like, you know, that position that that you have to take as to be more like Christ, where you allow someone you to turn the other cheek. When you allow you know others to persecute you, and you be patient, and you just thank God, and you endure until the end. I'm not saying he didn't have to face that in his life. I'm sure he did, but I see that that's something that you know he battled with that killing his ego and I battle with that as well I see it it's like it's so frustrating you know I have all these people laughing at me all these people mocking what I'm going through you know and torturing me it's it's very distracting it's hurtful it's a lot of things it's it's very draining and it feels almost impossible but only with God is it possible. You have to submit to God wholly, give him everything, and you have to do everything he's asking you to do. And that is the only way that it can be done. And in that process, God is taking you through what Jesus had to go through, being hated, being rejected, being persecuted. And if you think Satan's going to make it easy on you, that's a joke. You're not going to be able to do or have anything, anything at all. And you pretty much just got to get comfortable with being nobody and nothing for the rest of your life. And But you're somebody to God. But you're nobody and you're nothing in this world. And that, that has to be enough for you because you can't want anything of this world. Everything in this world, Satan will use against you for the rest of your life. But that being said, that makes it sound too easy still. It's way too easy because don't think he's going to let you peacefully pursue God. Don't think he's going to let you, you know, even exist in this world without, you know, truly threatening your life, you know, and doing everything his power to hurt you. But God protects you. God's power is he's in control. He's the almighty power. 
So all of that being said, it wouldn't matter if God is protecting you. It's just what's required of you. Can you do it? Can you do it? It's not about God's power and what God can do. It's about what can can you do, what it is he's requiring of you. And that's a challenge because I love and I want to believe with everything my, in my heart and in my soul and in period that I can do this. I can do this for God. I want to do this for God. I'm going to do this for God. But I can't imagine, like, not imagine, because it's not for me to imagine. God said it's so much greater than I can ever think or imagine anyways. But I just can't. It's so hard daily for me to be in this position with everybody against me all around me and me doing my best and everything my power to pray to God and and be obedient. But one slip up is, you know, torture and then everybody laughing. But if I can block everybody out, no matter how loud they are, then none of that matters. And that's what's required to trust God 100%. But then it just, I don't know. Like I said, it's an ego killer. Pride is not welcome. So if any of that, if you show any sign of that or any of that is in your way at all whatsoever, then it's going to be way harder for you. It's going to be a tougher journey and it's already hard enough. That being said, I want to make excuses for myself. You know, I trust God and I trust what he's doing in my life. I know that he's going to bring me through. And I just have to get you know I have to realize who God is I gotta realize what's at stake here hell and I have to understand that I would never be done never 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 this could very well never not be the way it is right now I may not ever get used to it but God is worth all of it he's worth it and he- heaven is not an easy place to get into. It is very, it is definitely not an easy place to get into. So with everybody in the world hating me and being persecuted for the rest of my life, every day for the rest of my life, it, it's still worth it. Of course it is. But I would have to dedicate myself in that way. In that way. And it's very hard because... Right now, it may not be as hard as it can be. I may not even have gotten to the point where it's as hard as, you know, it can be. But it's already so overwhelming. And I don't I don't even, like, feel that I have it in me, even though God says that I do. That being said, like I said, God didn't make a mistake in choosing me. And it's very difficult to discern sometimes what it is that he does want me to do and Excuse me. And what he doesn't. But God said, don't worry about the how, because if it were by my power alone or by my understanding alone, there would be no how. So I'm just going to trust him and move forward. Hoping and praying that, you know, my dedication to him, my faith, my faith, my faithfulness and my loyalty to God will get me through this. Like 
well, God's going to get me through this because none of those things are going to get me through it alone. God's going to get me through this. Like, like I said, I don't judge my brother or sister, anybody who has conformed to society and the things, you know, things of this world. But I don't want to go to hell. I'm not judging them. I understand. But I just don't want to go to hell. And that's saying a lot. That really is.